Hello, I am David Klajman from Fidelis. In partnership with IFA, the European Fundraising Association, welcome to the European Fundraising Podcast, a show where we discuss with some of our best European fundraisers how non-profit organizations can build long-term and deeper relationships with their donors. Andreas Drufa is the marketing director at the Swedish Society for Nature Conservation, SSNC, one of the main non-profit environmental organizations in Sweden. His organization has been in the center of a big political debate in Sweden in the last months. He explains all this story to us, how it happened, how they handle the communication, and what it tells us about our time and the new ways to fundraise. He also gives us great tips about how to engage your donors in the long term, how to organize your NGO in order to be more efficient, and how to manage a fundraising team. Andreas has a strong character with a lot of determination. He has managed to turn his old anger of wanting, wanting to fix the problem of the world in true collective actions. So let's listen to Andreas Jufa. Welcome everyone. Today I am welcoming Andreas Jufa, who is the marketing director at the Swedish Society for Nature Conservation, so SSNC, one of the main non-profit environmental organizations in Sweden. Hello, Andreas. Hello, good morning. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yes, well, thank you for accepting my invitation. So today we are uh, going to speak about um, many things related to fundraising and marketing. Uh, once again, the goal of this podcast is to share experiences and knowledge between uh, European fundraisers. So um, well, we all know each other better. So Andreas, your, your last months were very intense because uh, your organization has been in the center of a big political debate in Sweden. So you are going to explain all of this to us, uh, how it happened, how you handle the communication, and what it tells us about our time and the new ways to communicate and to fundraise for NGOs. Uh, so we are going to dive into these topics and, and, and other ones. But first, uh, Andreas, could you first present yourself to the listener of this podcast, please? Yes, hello. I'm coming from a little town of Sweden where I grew up and was a quite uh, active and maybe angry teenager trying to understand why the world looked as it did. And I didn't have very many solutions than saying, uh, uh, fuck off and I hate everything. I was a bit of a punk. I am uh, angry, or what is at, angry at punk. School, yeah. At school yeah. and at, at home and... Too. Yeah, yeah, everywhere. I was quite uh, frustrated about what the the adults were doing and how the world was going on. Uh, but then uh, I got the opportunity, the school informed that they would send one or two pupils to Stockholm, the capital of Sweden. And in Stockholm, there were punk music stores and other exciting stuff. So I thought, I'd go to Stockholm for, for fun <laughs> and the school will pay my, my ticket. So I did. I was the only one from the school. And I, the, the, of course, it was not a trip for visiting record stores. It was a, a, a peace conference. And uh, I was not too interested in peace by then, but I attended just to register. And uh, that was a, a game changer for me because I met these really cool people that then this was early 90th, early 90th when 
the US or NATO were were attacking Iraq for the first or yeah. second time. I can't remember now, but it was a war, and it was also really the Middle East was a hotspot already then. Uh, so I, I met these people that did not only protest and did not only point at things that were wrong, but actually said, "Okay, we can have another way of solving problems, solving conflicts, peaceful ways of of, of so." So I skipped the record stores and really got all into these peaceniks, to these peace activists that I met and found them really cool. So. After that, I just went home to my little town. I started a little activist group, and we're working with peace and and also with, with the environmental matters already then. And this, uh, what, what is what is an uh, activist group? What do you do? Uh, you 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 manifest. You go in the streets, or no? You just know, yeah. We write, we, uh, we we wrote petitions to politicians. Yeah. We we pointed at the companies that ba- did bad things to the environment, and, and okay. we tried to also have conversations with with politicians. So so we had this. Little local group and we were a branch of this larger national peace organization okay um and 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 so this is a it's a good way when you're young to put your anger somewhere and it's better distant than video games i guess yeah uh, so so uh, uh and did this is anger did it go away or no, it or, did. maybe the anger got a bit softer, but the energy and the idea of actually be 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 part of the change that you want to see. That I th- bring that with me still, uh, twenty five or maybe thirty years later. So I, I left my little town and went to Stockholm and volunteered for this peace and environmental organization. We had an office in Stockholm, but also this was ninety two, and it was right after Soviet Union left the Baltic states, and I moved to Latvia to, to Riga and met uh, actually environmental uh, activists there because they were a big. Uh, they played a big role in the independence movement in, in Latvia and the other Baltic states. So I volunteered for this organization and I engaged myself. And I used to say that I financed my, my activism through through study loans because I actually took some courses at the university. Meanwhile, I was uh, engaging in, in, okay. in this organization. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, Latvia at that time must have been uh, quite amazing because everything was going free and... Uh, and going away from the Soviet Union, it must have been a, a crazy place uh, in the 90s. Uh, it no? was a know. crazy place, yeah. and it was very, really, it was very experimental. And those people that we met, they were ba- basically young intellectuals that, that, that were really making a big change. And the Red Army was still in the streets. It took some two or three years before, before the Russian or the former Soviet army left the streets. So they were there by then. I think the last uh-huh. soldier left in. In '94, maybe '95, and that I still have very close relation to my friends in Latvia, and it's really hard talking to them now when, when the same army, 30 years later, invaded Ukraine, and they're really terrified by this, and, and they, they they managed to get get rid of a red army, a Soviet Russian army, yeah. 30 years ago. And now they're they are in in their neighboring country of, of Ukraine. So, so it, I really have the flashbacks back to 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 Latvia in the early nineties when you read the news and follow the the war in Ukraine on on Ukraine. Yeah. Okay, okay. So uh, and, and then you 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 did different kind of organization. You did some. Uh, you you were in, were in the peace sector. Then you you moved to other kind of uh, no uh, political uh, uh, engagement or. Yeah, by this time I've been in, in a lot of, of the NGO organizations in Sweden. I, I, I've been with Amnesty, I, we, with the Fair Trade organization. 
Uh, I've been to some, some national anti-bullying organizations. I, I had the privilege to work m- bi- mainly with non-governmental organizations. I also worked for some commercial actors, uh, worked for a lottery. We have a, a postcode lottery. It's a Dutch lottery, but they have, we have it in Sweden and in UK, and I also think in parts of Germany. So that's basically the other side, that they are donating their services to, to, to NGOs. Okay. And also, I, I, I had my own consultant firm where I more worked as an advisor to different NGOs for some years. But since six years back, I'm proud and happy marketing director of, of Swedish Society for Nature Conservation. And before that, I only stayed on one job for two or maybe three years. So this is a personal record for me to, to hang on six years, six and a half years <laughs> with, with my, my current organization. And I like yeah, it. Yeah, st- yeah, staying somewhere six years. Not very punk anymore, but... Uh... Not very punk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> okay, I just I... Go, do, do, go to punk concerts once in a while. Though. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you send us a photo. I want to see this. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so can, can you tell us about this, um, your organization? I mean, I, I know it's, it's very famous in, in, in Sweden, but... Uh, um, well, can you tell us uh, how, how old it is and what it what it does today? Yeah, and that, it was not founded by punks. Actually, it was founded by quite conservative people yeah. in the, the beginning of the 20th century when the industrialization in Sweden. You know, they cut forests and they put poison the water, and you saw this really war on nature when industry started to really uh, explode and exploit nature. So they uh, founded around um, national parks and nature reserves to protect parts of the environment. And they were really successful and there were some famous uh, both politicians and intellectuals by that time. So we are 113 years (laughs) this year. So we have been around and we've been following the development on the environmental uh, issues during this time. And we, we saved... Uh, species like the falcon or the eagle that was uh, threatened to extinction and and we have very many victories and very many things during our history that we're very proud and and you 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 act in in sweden or it's more it's uh in also in other countries uh our organizational body is swedish Uh, we only carry this name in sweden but we do have partnership with somewhat 40 environmental organizations basically in the global south so we are really proud being part of the global green movement but uh, organizational wise we're quite so we're not we we of course have both greenpeace and wwf in sweden and we're very good friends with them but they Unlike them, we don't have an international brand, an international name, but we work under an own name. However, we do have international corporations, of course. Okay, and, and so your so so it's SSNC, and it's a bit faster to say it this way. It has a, like almost a quarter of a million members. That's right. Mm. Yes. That, so that's true. A, so, so, so member-wise, we are the largest organization, uh, a green organization in Sweden. And we used to say that we have more members than all the political parties together have members in Sweden because it's not too popular to b- become a member anymore. But we yeah. stuck to this idea of a grassroots membership-based organization, and we're still yeah, more than 200,000. Okay, okay. So uh, I guess that when, yeah, when you speak, people listen. Uh, <laughs> you, you have a, a big presence. And, and it's also very, um, you have a very strong local presence in, in the Swedish 
municipality. Yeah, we have a local branch in almost uh, every municipality around Sweden. I think we are 290, 290 municipalities and we have about uh, 270 groups. So, so we are ba- okay. all over Sweden, yes. Okay, great. So, uh, so you're going to tell us what happened in the last two months for, for your organization. Uh, well, well, maybe first, could you remind us about the... The political landscape in, in Sweden, because it's related, uh, and for, we, we all follow very closely Sweden, <laughs> Sweden policy. You know, yeah. where we, remind us what happened in the election in Sweden this year. Yeah, basically, we have two blocks in Sweden traditionally, with the Social Democrats, with the main party in the red team, the left team, and the Conservative Party has been the main actor of the blue team, as we say, so the, the right wing. Uh, so. And okay. we didn't have a big uh, populist party in Sweden until the recent years, but they've been growing very rapidly, so they're right wing populist. And until a few years ago, none of the established parties would say they would cooperate with them. So they were really marginalized by the establishment, so to say. And that probably helped them growing because today they, they one-fifth of the voters voted for this uh, Sweden Democrats and they are the right-winged populist party really formed by Nazis or neo-Nazis. So they have really a dark background. Today, of course, that they don't talk so much about that and they are seen as an established actor. So the right, it was a very... The two teams had very, it was a tie almost, but the right wing parties decided to act, finally cooperate with the Sweden Democrats and they formed a government with the support of this right wing populist party. And we knew that the climate and environmental politics of especially the, the the populist party they're basically fighting climate efforts to to to, to save the climate okay but also the other parts so we did criticize them we are non party political organizations we don't we are not right we are not left we are nothing when it comes to parties but we do investigate and we do uh, look into what politics all the parties have and we knew that the the, the party that formed this government really had a, a lousy agenda when it comes to to environment and and to climate okay so um so when, when, what month was the election the elections was in mid-september and mid-september, it yeah, was so. clear then that, that the, those four parties then the 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 conservatives, the Christian Democrats, and also the former Liberal Party. They still call themselves a Liberal Party, but this is a bit... Yeah, and then yeah, this yeah. Uh, pop, right-wing populist party. So they are now in government. Not the populist party, but they are backing the government. Okay. And, and, and uh, so, so, so your your organization has always said we, we, we don't... Uh, have political views, but we, we, we do, of course, have things to say on when we look at the programs. We don't have like ideological views, but we look at the programs and we say it's. And so, did, did you, before the election, you were already uh, saying, careful, this part is not uh, right, uh, etc. You were already saying things before. Yes. And so, what yes. happened after? We, we first of all we criticized the former government that was social democrats and actually the green party the environmental party they they were in government we were criticizing them because for us it's really important to be neutral when it comes to political parties yeah. however we do look into their uh, politics and we we actually grade them so we tell the voters if you care about climate change if you care about biodiversity biological diversity 
we, we guide you to what parties have good policies and bad policies. So we had actually a, um, a list of, of, of that. So we were prepared both what they did in opposition and in government, but also what their politics uh, for the future were. Okay. So, and then, of course, we, we, we always give a new government the chance. We waited because they made the declaration. Okay, this is the declaration of the new government. And the first thing that happened was that they dismantled the Ministry of Environment. They, that has been a strong ministry in Sweden. Environment and climate change has been really important questions in Sweden, also internationally when we work in the European Union, when we work in the UN, we have been quite proud of a progressive polit- policy on climate change and, and the other environmental... Uh, okay, so and the, the, the truth to dismantle it, just to say that this ministry doesn't exist anymore, it's... It, oh, it, 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 no, it doesn't exist anymore. It's now under the, the Minister of Energy. So, the, okay. of course, you, do, you have some work on it. but it, and There is a minister, but she doesn't keep her own ministry. But she's under yeah, yeah. the Ministry of Energy. So, the Energy Minister is the, 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 the top minister. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a strong uh, act and it shows the things, of course. And so, um, so you decided to react uh, strongly on this. Um well, how did it? What happened? How did you choose to react? And, yeah, and we, 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 we put a little. Opinion? You know, when someone dies, when a person dies, you often put a little ad in the newspaper. I don't yeah. know the English term for it, but when you, yeah, regret and you, you you honor this person, we made this ad, but for the minister ministry. Uh, so, uh, oh, yeah. and uh, that was really widespread in social media. So it got viral. Basically, we had millions, and also newspapers and TV programs showed this death ad, okay. uh, so to say, and it was really talked about. Uh, so we got a lot of attention, and we were the voice for the environment, for nature, and that was uh, the first step. So we got almost ten thousand new members just on our website because of this uh, debate or, or that we took a stand on on the on this change that that, that was uh, made and, and so so you so yeah people are, you you were like in front of the the news uh, uh, you were the one who were reacting uh, was it uh, only uh, i mean uh, papers or you you also went on tv or i mean are you prepared for this uh, have you got people ready to go and speak on different medias and uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Was your was your organization ready for this? We were ready. We were ready in the sense that we knew that there was a new government, and we're really good and in investigating and looking into the politicians' agenda. So we knew what was on the agenda, and we were prepared, so we could act really fast. We, of course, did not know that they were going to take away the Ministry of Environment. That was yeah. news to us too. But when they did that, our people were ready to to. Uh, debate on on this so so we, we were really fast and we also had strong reports on not just this organizational question of dismantling the ministry but also what policies and politics the the new government was on and, and is it was it not too difficult not to become political i mean i guess that the the government said oh yes because you don't like us and you're not uh, you, you you hate us that's why you said uh, this but in fact it's not uh, an environmental uh, statement it's a political statement i guess this is the first reaction that uh, uh, yes. when you're political you say how, how did you manage not to become too political 
That, that's a good question. Uh, I think that, that since we have so, since we're so well established and people know us as a non-party political actor, they, they can see the difference of criticizing politics and criticizing a party. However, of course, some right-winged people thought that we were, you know, preparing the way for the Green Party or for the Social Democratic Party, etc. But uh, so that that discussion was there. But we had really strong arguments both in our history that we were as tough as critical to Social Democratic government, to Green government, to whatever government. We are the only actor that we we are taking a stand for is nature. That's Mother Nature. So, so that discussion was there, but it didn't hurt us too much and we can also see that the support was much much stronger than the criticism on that yeah so you your the your donors uh uh they, they they supported you was it like a half half or you had a lot of, of bad reaction too or no it was no. you know good we, reaction we, were basically we had very very few members or donors that contacted us and say you're too political you're too Uh, left-winged or, or whatever it was maybe three or four and we have 200,000 members and yeah. uh, compared to what finally became 20,000 new members so so i think that we were backed i think also people who voted for the right-wing government maybe they did not vote on them because of their progressive environmental politics it was more crime and immigration and and yeah other matters and when they saw the result maybe they were also a bit disappointed that the climate and the environmental politics were so poor was so bad so they okay i voted for right-wing government but i want to support this non-party political organizations so I'm, i'm sure that we have many members many donors that maybe voted for this government but actually supporting us because we're a voice for the environment And so you got 20,000 uh, new monthly donors Yes, in, in a few days. <laughs> yeah, basically, actually, there were some more things that happened. We had 10,000 in those few days, but there was also another very odd and, and, and interesting incident. Uh, the new party, the, this, they, they came in power, so you got an email from this uh, right-wing populist party that were asking for names and sums of our donors. They wanted to uh, see who supported us. Uh, just a few weeks before, they've been criticized another human rights organization, Civil Rights Defenders, that the state support to them should be cut because they were criticized criticizing the new government so they made a, a connection to, to public support and to, okay. to, to their voice so that's a very dangerous and and um, strange things of looking at civic society um, okay so, yeah, it's funny how, how did you did they explain why did they want the names and the, and the amount of people giving to you i mean there was an explanation or they did not give no. an explanation and we are of course very transparent about our donations if it comes from companies etc but we of course don't give names and the different amounts uh, th that uh, yeah. individuals are giving to us so we, especially when it comes from a very right-wing populist party that we know are very critical to the environmental movement basically to to civic society in general uh, that we saw in the public debate so that also led to another big public debate on this party and many felt that they were 
kind of dangerous. They've been also criticizing public service, which is also really important in Sweden to have a public service independent from politics. Yeah. And also that, that a civic society should be also independent. We should be able to criticize uh, the power, to criticize politicians and still be able to, to get public support. Okay, so this was another tension you, you managed to, not to create, but I mean to, to, to use this email and this, uh, to, to, to create this, uh, the, this debate and this tension. And it get, had a second round of uh, attracting new uh, monthly donors. Absolutely. And yeah. it was quite some influential people, intellectuals that say, I want to be on the list. I want to be on the list of uh, Swedish Society for Nature Conservation that will be sent to the this party. I mean, of uh, course, okay. we, there were, we would never send the list, but it was more uh, a joke on this party. So, uh, so yeah. actually, the, the, the support we gained was not only for environmental interested people, but people that thought this was a threat to democracy. So they actually backed us both with one-time donations, but also that they signed up for membership and monthly donations. So we got another round of really heavy support. And what was interesting was because earlier in 2022, we had really tough times. Of course, the war in Ukraine put emphasis on humanitarian assistance. So a lot of donation went to UNHCR, the Red Cross, Save the Children, etc., which was really good and really important. But we had quite a tough time during the spring and during the summer. So we thought maybe that we would go a bit minus, that we were, yeah. that 2022 would be a quite bad year yeah. when it comes to fundraising and, and gaining month, uh, monthly donors and members. But actually what happened, uh, there were some more things that happened this uh, fall, but Altogether, we got 20,000 new members and monthly donors, and that's 10% of our stock. That I, I don't think, and that this took this was two months after In, elections. Okay, and okay. a lot of those 20,000 was, I think, a reaction to the public debate that we managed to, to be a part of. Okay, and so um, what does, uh, according to you, what does this experience tell us about? Uh, the new type of maybe organization we need in NGO, I mean, the ability to react quickly, for example, uh, you, you were prepared, you say, but what, what, what can we gain all on, on, on this uh, experience, which is, you know, very interesting and, and uh, well, what, what uh, yeah. would you uh, advise to, to organization NGOs according yes, to I this? Have, I have some advices. And if you are a pretty large organization as we are, Normally, you're a bit slow because there's so many people that is going to, you know, sign off a petition or a debate article or a post in social media. So yeah. we shortcutted this and we said that only those persons, a few, few persons, will be the ones who can say something. So we can move really, really fast and a much stronger mandate to to certain people in the organization. And I, as a director of, of the of the fundraising department i said i i don't need to sign this off not this time you just cut me off and make it fast so, so we can move fast so that's really try to prepare for a much few, few fewer people in the decision making on on um, so from uh, yourself you said to so who's i mean who's in charge of 
writing so the, the tweets? I, or? I gave the mandate to, to, to one person on communication and okay. to the director of communication and to our president. That was, so it was basically three person, chup, chup, chup. And normally, okay. maybe this type of you know debate articles and, and postings can be both five, six, and sometimes eight people <laughs> involved in that. So, so but, but because you have to, to put it, uh, I don't know what media is it, Twitter or is it on some website? I yeah, mean, Twitter, uh, Instagram, um, Facebook. Yeah, and and for on your for how fast must you react after something? For you, what is your the aim? I mean, something gets out, uh, like the email you received uh, asking for names. Yeah. For for you, yeah. how, how many hours? How many days do you, do you need? For, well, if you, you going to if you're going to react on a political decision, it's a question of minutes or hours. So basically, we knew that the press conference will take place online, and we tried to get collect as much information as we can before so we can maybe guess what will be put there. We had no clue on this thing on the Minister of Environment, but then our people were prepared, and I think we had our post on Instagram out within one or two hours. So we were yeah. really, really fast, and that meant that we were also – because news media, they are reporting – live from the press conference and then they have some comments in the studio 30 minutes later so to be able to be part of the news media reporting it's a question of minutes hours and we saw this peak that was going on for two days two days after this news on minister of environment and then it was gone it was not in media anymore and it was just us and some other friends that really cared and and, then, and, and, and so your donors come came into these two days Yes, the donors come in these two days. The, the ones who came automatically, sort of say, the ones who came because we had posts out in social media and that, that it was headline in, in the news media. But after two days, it was other headlines and it was other things flowing, flowing around in social media. And, but, and were, you, were you asking these donors to support you or no, you were yes. just reacting on the Yeah, you were reacting we were, on, the, on the debate and yeah. asking... And, and that's really important because maybe we could just have cried out our anger and don't yeah. give a call to action to become a donor or become a member. We, we, we work a lot with membership, so member and donors are more or less the same. Most of our members also donate a monthly uh, donate, donation every month. So that's really important because I, I, I've been in when we top the news. Nothing happens on, on fundraising because it was just a good debate, or et cetera. So we really need to have a call to action. Okay, if you're upset about this, what are you going to do? Become a member. Give yeah. a, a, a donation. So, so this call to action, and because we have one communications department and one fundraising department, or yeah, the one that I, I, I'm leading. So it's really important that, uh, that persons on communications, even it's press, even if it's social media, that they are prepared to put call to action that leads to fundraising. Otherwise, you won't get any. Uh, okay, so, we, okay. so, so, uh, so this, that we really prepare. So no matter what the, our message will be, it will end be, in this time it was, become a member or support us. Yeah. So we really okay. help those upset people. And then after two days, we, we compiled an email that we sent to all our prospects. We had somewhat... 200,000 mail, mails that were not uh, supporters, but they maybe signed a petition or something. And okay. also, so, so we follow up with email. And then we, we did the, the weeks after uh, where we had a direct contact to, to, to different individuals. 
Okay, so yeah, the the, the right choosing the right uh, media is of course uh, very important too. So so in the next minutes so or hours uh, after to react quickly, it's Twitter basically, or you have other other media? No, Twitter, Instagram, and then two days after, when you have a bit more time to to um, wrote something down, you, you you wrote an email. Yes, exactly. So, um, uh, are there so fewer people with broader mandates? That's very important. You tell us three people to uh, decide, and then it, uh, the the message can be out uh, out there. Uh, on the other other things that you know, small things that uh, seems a bit not that important, but are maybe the, the the forms on the internet or other things you you need to make simple. Yeah, of course. That, that that was a bit of a lucky coincidence that we really made our forms on the internet easier. So we were quite pre pre prepared, just technically, to, to make it easy to, to convert, basically. But that's something that you always need to work on. But of course, that gets more important when you have the chance. I mean, I don't know when we get a chance like this next time. It maybe will take a year or five years. I don't know. So yeah. then it's really important that, that all the techniques are in order and i will tell you that it it was in order when we started but it was so heavy traffic on our website so it crashed several times so i have these emails from from supporters i i tried to donate now for two or three days but <laughs> I, i can't get through so we did we did lost a lot of supporters because of this heavy this traffic but again dreamer. yeah I dream about us all <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hope I can say this one day. <laughs> yeah. And, and is this the, the fastest organization? Because, of course, there's always a... Uh, I mean, you, are, of course, you work closely, I guess, with, a, like, say, Greenpeace and WWF, but, uh, or, and I'm sure there are other environmental organizations. Uh, did they also benefit from all this? Or, no, you were the, the fastest to react and the fastest wins at all? Yeah, I think this, I, I haven't had the chance to talk to my friends at Greenpeace and WWF, but I have not heard that they gained the same support as we did, because it was also a bit of a lucky coincidence. We were pointed out by this populist party, it was us and this human rights organization, so it was our name in the debate, it was this... Uh, Yeah, these two organizations. Uh, so, so this time, uh, I think maybe we gained more because we fronted uh, the, the debate and it was our name, our president, our secretary general who was yeah, yeah. in the media, etc. Okay, and, and do you think, uh, well, if, if I'm an, um, an European NGO in another country, do you think uh, I should look for these kind of opportunities or is it the kind of things you really can't predict? It's not dependent on you? It's dependent on what's happening uh, beside you. Um, well, uh, well, how do you? Well, do you think you can be a bit proactive on this, or no? Apart from just being ready, which is already a, a big thing to be ready, there's nothing you can uh, provoke provoke on this. I think preparations is really the most important. We were prepared both when it comes to the di different issues that were debate i mean no matter if it was fundraising or not we we knew what to say we knew what to think we knew what to communicate uh, in in our issues but uh, then of course we we did not knew that it was such a great opportunity for for fundraising and for for recruiting new donors and and members but i think uh, it so it was a lucky coincidence that that we were prepared and we also had the 
media logic or what are some media it played out re- really well so preparations you should always be prepared otherwise if we wouldn't have been so prepared we probably probably wwf or greenpeace or some other smart actor would t- take the lead on, on yeah, this yeah. On, on this uh, debate and like you say it's even more difficult for a big organization like you with you know hundreds of people thousands of people in it uh, i have a few questions on what you call um, so another subject uh, uh, engagement based fundraising i think you you have a interesting example to share about uh, this kind of communication for ngos uh, well first maybe can you explain to us what engagement based fundraising is for you yes this is a bit more long term and this is something we try to do year in and year out so to say no matter what the debate in media is uh, uh, we As you know, that's really hard competitions among fundraising organizations. We, we all ask for money. We all ask for support. We all ask for monthly donation and one-time donation, etc. So to just start with, please give us money, can be quite uh, difficult. People are a bit tired of that uh, communications yeah. because it's quite intense, especially now in Christmas times, at least in Sweden. And I think maybe that's Everywhere. The, the case in <laughs> yeah. Europe, at least, when... December and Christmas is a really important. Uh, I, I saw the two largest campaign in the metro of Stockholm was from two NGOs. Uh, it was one working for homeless people and it was UNHCR. And the ads were quite similar, to be honest. Two great organizations, but it's really uh, yeah. difficult to stand out being unique uh, as an NGO. So what <laughs> we did the previous years was not to start with the question, please donate, please become a member, but please uh do something that's good to the environment. And you might heard about the crisis when it comes to biological diversity and the bees, a very important insect that pollinates uh, basically one-third of the food we have on our table is dependent on pollination from bees. And they are really threatened by, by poison and by modern agriculture and modern farming so th- there's a lot of threats to the bees and one thing is that there's not that kind of flowers that uh, they use to, to 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 have their food and and, and to live. Yeah. so we asked people not to donate money not to become a member but to save the bees to make one little effort to putting up a bee hotel a, a bee nest in their garden or on the balcony or to cultivate flowers that are good for the bees. And if they have a lawn, don't cut it, but actually save a few square meters and plant those bee-friendly flowers. Very easy things that if you have a garden and if you're interested in gardening, which a lot of people in Sweden are, it's a big trend. And the trend has been, you know, like golf greens. That's maybe, yeah, it's a very... It's not very good for, for, for the biological diversity. Yeah, so yeah, we asked yeah. the people to, to do something, and we actually even gave them small bags of seeds that were seeds for flowers for bees. And they, if you want to do this, please, uh, we'll send you this. And then report what you did to us. Send us maybe a little picture and a few lines, what you did, where you did it. We put a big map of Sweden. So we had... I think it was 30,000 little actions with flowers, with bee hotels or bee nests, uh, uh, and they reported. And when they reported, we got their email address, we got the telephone number, and we got also yeah some information on them. We also told them that it's not only for us, but we had a cooperation with the university that worked on citizen science. So they collect data 
from those tens of thousands of citizens that made this action um, for us or for saving the bees. And then they could produce uh, reports and, and knowledge on, on how, how this works. So that, of course, except for putting this beautiful flowers in your garden you also contributed to science that's something that you can be really proud of you can tell your friends and your family you know i'm part of the citizen science project i contributed with all that and then of course we started to talk to them about donations about membership and when we were both emailing them and also a lot of information that in the beginning, uh, not asking for donations, not asking for, for membership. But finally, we, of course, put those questions. And when we call cold calls, maybe we have between 5 or 10% hit rate, 5 or 10%, or, while here we had between 30 and 40%. So, so after having this relation for a few months with those Save the Bees people, the conversion was really more than 10 times higher than normally. So even though it took a bit of time, a, a bit of money, it the result was really good. And also we see that those people, they are very loyal to us. They stay on much longer than if we just ask them in the street, hey, do you want, and we have a good face-to-face fundraiser that really talk a person into becoming a monthly donor. That's good, of course, we do that too. But the loyalty, when you first build the relation, and then as a quite... Uh, natural way of course you want to be, become a member or a monthly donor yeah so uh, is, this, what, yeah. it's a great example and, and there's I mean of course many things to to take in your example uh, I, I, I mean there's uh, 10 things I, I can say about this but first of all you yeah, are making people proud because I, I, I guess uh, it's the same in Sweden in France I know we have this uh, this always this question ah, how can we make people uh, talk about their donation to us because of course we want them to talk about their friend to their friend about their donation saying they support us and it's very difficult because i always heard that in america people are uh, proud to say ah, i'm supporting this and they put it on the fridge i think in, in on in uk it's a bit the same they put on their fridge saying i support this organization in france you don't do this um and and Make giving them an example, something to say, and making uh, to to talking to their friend and saying, "Oh yeah, I, I put in my garden this." It's a, uh, it's not. I did a donation. It's something different. Yeah. Uh, and, and finding a way of doing this, it's great. And 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 also, it's it's not one time. It, it's uh, uh, I mean, people uh, came often on the website to say, uh, uh, or they just came once and say, "Okay, I, I started a, a bee garden." Or did you manage to find something that make them come back to the website every month or yes uh, yeah yes we had this this campaign we've been running this campaign in the spring and early summer because that's the bee season sort of say then when yeah. when it's blooming and you see the bees coming out after winter etc so we we run it between april and august and then we have uh, quite active communications we have this uh, journey via email and we report on results and we do portrays on on heroes in this campaign etc then we're a bit more silent from september to to uh, february mars again then we work on other campaigns and and, and let them rest a bit but uh, uh it's long term and they s- still can report the next year maybe they, they put up one or two b hotels uh, 2021 and then they actually made another 133 so this can still report uh, okay. continuously and we, we this data we, we've been sending to to the university once a year 
and you have to count the bees. Maybe they can say, oh, I saw 10 bees today or these kind of things, I guess. Uh, that, make them come back to the website and be interested and, exactly. and, and, and be in the science uh, uh, in, uh, experiments. Yes, yes, exactly. I guess. Uh, okay, okay, that's great. Now, when, when we hear about this, uh, and, and last question, I mean, I, I know, are people uh, very offensive? And, and when you call them to, have a, <laughs> to make a donation after, it's always a, 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 something we, have, we can have in mind, or some people that are not in the fundraising business can have in mind, oh, but then if you call them after and you ask them for a donation, they're going to be cross and they're going to say, oh, I gave you my data for something else, and you, you dare ask me for a donation. Is it like this or not? <laughs> it is not. We have an in-house telemarketing department, and uh, I'm very. Uh, it's very important for us that they have loyalty, focus on loyalty, even if it's a present donor or if it's a new donor. So it's a question of making smart calls. If we, you would give a firm on the city <laughs> this task, maybe it would be. I mean, bit too pushy and so so we make quite soft calls to make sure that they are not offended because maybe if they don't sign up for membership this time maybe in half a year or a year later so so far i mean of course every everyone doesn't like telemarketing if you get a phone call because but but uh, since we have this in-house and we're very aware of the long-term relation with these people uh, the quality of the calls are so good that it has not been a problem for us Yeah, so we, of course, if you call ten uh, thousand people, you can have one or two that can say, "Oh, of I was course. cooking dinner and you disturbed me," and extra, extra. But I mean, uh, do you stop your campaign for one or two uh, uh, people who say this? No. Um, no. And, and actually, like you say, no. one fun thing about that, one interesting thing is the ones who gets a bit irritated or annoyed is you know the sixty-five-year-old man that was. Uh, volunteer for our organization since mid 70th and he putting a lot of his spare time in you know meetings and being in in a local committee he said oh, i give so much time to to this organization you should not ask me for money because they are the ones who get m most annoyed by our phone calls actually so we, uh, we, yeah. we're trying to not call them too often uh, this is another another topic about having a good crm to be able to spot these guys <laughs> and yeah. to know which one are volunteers between the, your donors but it's another big question uh <laughs> let's not go into this crm um okay okay and um uh, okay and a last thing about this this great example is when I, i hear this i say okay oh it's it's great but it's always difficult to to find to apply it to your organization to other organization uh because you say oh it works for bees but i mean do you think that we basically all can do you have other kind of example uh, uh that other organization may have had like this uh, or w which were a success Uh, like I know, like, like the pink ribbons. Yeah, uh, the, I, I, yeah. I understand what you mean, and I think each and every organization needs to. From there's always some activity connected to what you do, but sometimes it's more of a symbol. Sometimes it's actual. It has an actual impact. The fine thing with this bee thing is that it both has an actual impact. I mean, there are yeah. more bees when you plant these flowers, but it's also a symbol, of course, the, for, for biological diversity, etc. So, I, I don't have a. a an example from another organization top of mind i think but they put together a workshop with some great colleagues and try to make okay if you want to communicate and build a relation with a presumed or potential donor what little easy things it needs to be low barrier it should not take too long time to do it it should be fun to do it and it should be actually something that you can do 
even though it's not connected to membership or a donation. It's just a fun thing to do. I mean, do-it-yourself movement is pretty big. People are knitting. People are yeah. getting together and, and trying to create things. So I think that's a, a bit of a trend and try to... And also, it could be a social activity that's more of a symbolic thing. I know that uh, the, the young cancer organization, they, they put together bracelets uh, that you have around your wrist or, 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 or nickels. And that's a fun thing to do. And it says, fuck cancer. And they were very, very popular. So it's a, a social thing yeah. to do. You, you, you just order this little plastic pearls for, from the organization and you collect a, a group of friends and uh, you maybe have a wine or coffee or whatever and you make this bracelet and you sell them. So it's a great fundraising activities because they, they raised millions and millions of clients. You get your brand, this fuck cancer uh, out. And also I, I, I presume that if you do this, you also sign up for a membership or monthly donation. So that's maybe uh, another example of when it comes to what young cancer organization did here in Sweden. Okay. Okay. Great. Uh, and, well, this again is the future. I mean, it's already there, like your example proves. But uh, more and more, uh, we need to to offer new things. Uh, people collaborate together or collaborate with science, and and each time you make them collaborate and do something they are proud of. Of course, uh, uh, it has an impact on your fundraising. Uh, so thank you for sharing this uh, this example. Alors, for the last part. Um, I would like to, to maybe finish on, on a few general questions about uh, fundraising in, in Sweden uh, and your objectives for, for next year. Uh, maybe my, my, my first question would be, uh, for the moment, is there an effect of the economic crisis? I mean, inflation, war, of course, we all uh, uh, are a bit impacted or I mean, we follow this. Uh, have you seen an, an, an impact on fundraising in, in Sweden for the moment? It's a very good, important, and difficult question. Uh, in total, 22, I think there will be a new record of fundraising in Sweden because of the war on Ukraine, because a lot of organizations fundraise a lot of money, especially in February, March, and April. But of course, that is lowering now, and I think it will be really interesting to see what the Christmas campaigns will give, because of course, in Sweden, as in the rest of Europe, the energy crisis with a high, high prices on electricity and other sources of, of energy, the interest rates, basically the, the bad general bad economy and the inflation, not to talk about the inflation. So people actually has a lot less money in the pocket in the end of the month. I've been surprised both to see, look at my own organization, but also the other NGOs that we have not yet been suffering so hard. We have a little bit higher... Um, uh, drop off uh, than we had normally, but it's uh, just pieces of percentage so far. So we had a very strong loyalty. Uh, but of course, it would surprise me if that this doesn't hit us harder in the beginning of 2023. It would be really surprising. Uh, and you can also say that inflation leads that even 100 million collected 2022 is less worth than 100 millions collected. Yeah. 21 because of the inflation yeah, so in one way if you put an inflation uh, aspect on it maybe we actually decrease but we don't see that in our numbers because we have not yeah, take, yeah. taken the inflation into in, into consideration yet but i'm surprised yeah. that so far it still looks okay but i'm a bit worried and would surprise me if it, this crisis doesn't hit us and joe's harder uh, next year 
And, and uh, is it uh, you have certain channel that uh, are working less you know, than I mean, is it flat on every channel or some are uh, working better than others or well, yeah, can you? I, yeah, keep? I, yeah. I think I mean, of course, companies, corporations that we saw already that they and that has been even before the war on Ukraine. One year back, we saw uh, harder uh, to get money from corporations. We do still get quite a bit but we've also been put investing more in that so see the, the return on investment has been worse and, and, and yeah and face to face you you know you yes. told me you think uh, yes. Yeah, yes, yes. since corona it has uh, not been uh, as be- as much as it was before now we had two major problems. We, we we actually paused our face-to-face fundraising during Corona because of the restrictions. And, and of course, we didn't yeah. Want, yeah. Even when wearing masks, it's face-to-face was a bad idea during Corona. <laughs> and it was really difficult for us to reconstruct that organization. We tried to reconstruct it this spring to have about 50 uh, face-to-face fundraisers this summer. We had 50 in the beginning of the summer. In the end of the summer, we had eight left so and the climate on the streets and, and the trying to get this going again was really really difficult and that's the case for a lot of face-to-face actors in sweden both the in-house face-to-face and yeah. also the external firm so i still don't have more i have budget for keeping 30 face-to-face fundraiser i had seven working for me now and we yeah. are you know trying to recruit through firms we are you know giving this uh, premium to, to if, if you work for us if you recruit a friend a good friend you get an, a, an uh, incentive but still we were se- seven fundraisers in in a population of 10 million crowns so that has been really really tough and we, we, we will keep on struggling next year but that's maybe one of my largest worries for, for next but, year yeah and, and figures are not bad when you're when you when they are working they no. they, they find uh, monthly donors but the problem exactly. is having people working Exactly, exactly like that. Uh, Okay, okay. And and could you tell us maybe one or two of your main projects in in next year, for next year? Uh, What are the trends or what do you want really to put new in next year? New or big things? Yes, I think our analysis is that we have a lot of billionaires in Sweden, this old social democratic country where everyone was equal. That's not really true anymore. We have a lot of rich people (laughs) in Sweden and we haven't targeting them from our organization. So I will put them in a program on major donations. They probably lost quite some money during this crisis too, but my theory is that they still do have some funds left and that some of them are willing to put that into our organization. how, how do you do this? Because I guess is this is this new for you going to see the these billionaires or is it something you've yeah, been doing for new. a long time no, already? It, no, it's it's brand new. We 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 have middle uh, middle um, grant uh, donors. So we have some of our membership base. They give if uh, you give us hundred crowns, they give us ten thousand crowns, etc. But this. Okay really philanthropic big donations we have not been working actively on so that's a brand new market for us i knew that is successfully carried out by wwf and unhcr and other actors and we think that there is a space for our organization to actually um, talk to some of those philanthropists and 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 and, 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 and 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 just in one minute how do you do this i mean what are the big uh, steps to be prepared for this uh, i mean finding these are the names or preparing to uh, understanding what the 
each one support, what uh, do they do in life, what do they like, uh, etc. It's, it's really one-on-one, -on -one, uh, working on each personality, uh, one by one. Yeah. Actually, in 10 minutes, I'm going to have an interview w w with uh, the, the new product manager on major donors uh, so we i hope that she will also bring a network with with, with philanthropists with her oh, yeah. <laughs> we're interviewing a few persons so of course networks and access to these people are really really important and we as a member-based grassroots organization we don't really are into these networks i mean our board of directors and the management teams is not really on on high society so we need to find a gate openers or door door openers uh, to to fight, to have those meetings and it's it's, it's a one to one i mean you, basically you can google or you can find sweden is a small country so we about know who those people are and, and then we yeah. need to find the door openers to them okay okay great uh, and then um, maybe last thing the, the donors uh, recruiting donors uh, operation is uh, can you tell us about this i know it's also new in your organization <laughs> Yeah, uh, actually, we're trying that right now. Member or donor recruiting donor or member recruiting uh, member. It is more difficult than uh, I thought. Uh, we, we have a pilot, a test uh, just last week, and uh, uh, we, we will uh, change it a bit. Uh, so among those 20,000 new members, just uh, yes, if each one of them could recruit one new donor, it will be doubled. I don't think that will happen, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I know. I, it's always... Uh, on the paper, it's always great. I, I did this kind of operation many times, uh, yeah, basically phoning people, saying, okay, you've been a great supporter for us. Do you have friends? Just give us our name and we can call them uh, yeah. uh, saying that you, you you help us and maybe they will be like you. And uh, and it's uh, and people just don't give name at the beginning. They're, they're always afraid to be annoying yeah. to their friends. Yeah. This is the first difficulty. Yeah. And we have a special tool now. So you can actually uh, use uh, WhatsApp. You can use Facebook. You can use Messenger. You can whatever channel you have to, to do this. But uh, in this little pilot, we, we only tried it with 1,000 people or, uh, or so. But maybe the message was wrong. So we will give a new try uh, this or next week. So hopefully it will turn out a bit better than, than and, and just perspective. people don't give the name of their friends? Oh yeah, they just don't participate. Yeah, yeah. yeah basically they contact their friends and send the, the friend a link and the friend needs I to am. click on the link and then we can see uh, where the source of, of this new, new member came. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I'm happy. I would be uh, interested to see uh, yeah, this kind of question. I, I, I will tell yeah. you about the, the concrete result. <laughs> I will have it before Christmas, I think. Okay, okay, great. Um, okay, well, uh, I think we... Or maybe a last one on, on TikTok, uh, uh, because we hear this all the time, and, ah, yeah, the next uh, big fundraising uh, is going to be on TikTok. Yeah. No uh, plans on your side on uh, making no. millions on TikTok? Uh, I'm, I'm talking to my kids that are uh, one of my sons are really a great TikToker. He has like hundreds of thousands of followers and making films. That he's I just am. laughing at me when I say, C "Can can you advise me how to do fundraising on TikTok?" He said, "You and your organization, you're too old, you're too slow, you won't make it." <laughs> I hope to prove him wrong, but I don't have the recipe yet. Okay, okay, um, okay, great. I think we we are we are coming to the the end of uh, this. Uh, this interview, maybe oh, I like to 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 finish with last uh, question a bit, um, you know, the same uh, each time. Is uh, first of all maybe about um, the management of a fundraising team. Uh, uh, we understand that you, you know you 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 have 
I don't know if you have a big team, but you have lots of people to coordinate. Um, uh, can you tell us, you know, your tricks or what you gain on what you learned on, on the management? Yes, I have a pretty big team. We're around 20 people and then we're as many on communications team. So, so we're a lot of people. And I think self-leadership. I mean, even though I'm the boss, <laughs> I'm the director, I'm not the only one who's going into leadership. Self-leadership, give big responsibilities to your campaign leaders, to product managers. Give them big responsibilities and let them fail. And if they fail, when they fail, back them up. That's okay to fail. To build a culture when you are courageous and, and, and can fail, but make make them safe. It's your job as a director to always back them up. That's one thing. Also, be on the streets, be on the telephone, show them that a face-to-face fundraiser, even though I'm a, working in the office most of my hours, I want to go out on the streets and side-by-side by my fundraiser, do this really tough fundraising face-to-face or also in telemarketing. You did That's some? All. You went in the street? Uh, of course I did. Of course I did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was quite good? good. I was quite good actually. I was scared as shit because I know that this is really tough, tough things. Yeah. But uh, it's also I'm also like competitions. So I knew that if I would be failing, that they would be laughing their ass off. off. But, okay, I didn't uh, win. I that was of course better fundraisers, but I I did okay. And also I think just that I tried. Yeah, that, of course. Just that tried was really important to to, to our, my, uh, our staff that that working with fundraising face to face. Yeah, yeah, and of course. It, and then they talk about them. Uh, they had, I'm sure, uh, they said to their friend, "Oh, our boss, he went and he was, he did this, and they were telling stories." Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, uh, everybody knows about it after very quickly. Okay, okay, great. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, it's. I think it's a good resume of uh, giving responsibilities and uh, and backing them up when they're. Uh, when they do something. I mean, the worst thing is not, not to do anything. Absolutely. And uh, last from the last question is, you know, why why do you get up in the morning and dress? Why, uh, what makes you come back to the job every day and and be uh, energetic? And uh, what do you think about every morning? Yeah, because we have at least as many challenges today as we did when I was in high school somewhat 30 years ago. The peace is not there yet. The clean environment is not there yet. And it's my duty, my responsibility as a citizen of Sweden, as a citizen of the world, to... I'm a privileged person. I have my apartment. I have my family. I have a job. I'm very privileged. And that comes with the responsibility to really do what I can do to make this place a little bit better, both for environment, but also for people, for victims of war, etc. So I'm as motivated as I was a young punk 30 years ago. And I think the challenge is as big and as uh, important uh, today. Did, did you keep a, a bit of your anger? Of your I, I'm, not so angry. I'm not so angry anymore. I'm still quite energetic, uh, but not, not so angry, actually. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe, it, maybe it's something with age or something. But and I, that's I good or that's bad? Not to be that angry anymore. As long as I keep my energy, I can live not being angry. Especially <laughs> my, my colleagues and my friends, I think, appreciate me a, a bit less angry, Andreas. <laughs> but, but you still go to punk concerts sometimes to I you know, do. I will. Actually, I, I do. I will send you a picture. I will send you a picture. I want to see you with green hair and, you know, <laughs> bigger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I make the picture of, of the artist, not, not for myself. <laughs> okay, great. Well, uh, thank you very much, Andreas. Um, I think uh, that thanks to you, we have a, a better vision of our future. Uh, of course, it's not easy for all NGOs to put in place uh, this kind of organization in order to react quickly uh, 
you need to be either well informed and to master the communication tools that people use today, uh, like uh, Twitter, for example, as you as you said. But um, you, first, you showed us today that it's possible to do it uh, uh, with great success. Um, so um, I'm sure it's a, it's a good investment for any European NGOs that uh, wants to, to master these uh, these tools. Uh, if you want to reach out to Andreas uh, to ask him question, I'm sure, well, don't hesitate. Uh, I'm sure he'll be happy to discuss with other European fundraisers. Uh, and uh, like you understand now, the goal of this podcast is uh, to make people you know, interact and understand each other. So don't hesitate. I will put Andreas' contact in the description of the podcast. Andreas, thanks again. And... Uh, See you soon, I hope. Thank you, David. <laughs> Thank you for doing this podcast. Congratulations. You have listened to this episode of the European Fundraising Podcast until the end. Thank you for sharing this episode with at least two of your colleagues around you or just hijack their phone and subscribe yourself. If you want to be aware of new episodes, just uh, ask me as a friend on LinkedIn Or you can also subscribe to our newsletter on our website. That's uh, fidelis-cc.fr slash EFA. I am David Kleshman and I will see you soon for the next episode. Congratulations, you have listened to this episode of the European Fundraising Podcast until the end. Thank you for sharing this episode with at least two of your colleagues around you or just hijack their phone and subscribe yourself. If you want to be aware of new episodes, 